When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, We have breaking news as we begin the second hour of our program. Good afternoon. Welcome in if you're just joining us in the breaking news is and Kalen DeBoer has agreed to replace Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. We expect an official announcement sometime this afternoon. Who is he? Head coach at Washington, formerly at Fresno State, coach at Indiana, Fresno as a coordinator, Eastern Michigan, won a number of national championships at the NAIA level, highly regarded, played for the national championship this year, and will be the next Alabama coach. John Wilner covers uh, the Pac-12 uh, along with everything else uh, on the West Coast, and we thought he would be an excellent person to uh, give some insight on the about-to-be Alabama hire. Uh, John, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Your reaction to uh, the news that uh, will be made official sometime later. Yeah, I mean, I think he was probably atop Alabama's list. Uh, you know, they've probably been figuring, you know, for years that they were going to have to replace Saban eventually, right? And I'm sure Greg Byrne has had his eye on DeBoer all season. Uh, he is a terrific coach. Uh, I mean, as good as there is as a football coach, especially, uh, you know, the offensive side of the ball is a specialty. He has won at multiple levels uh, and done it each time in short, short amount of time. You know, it's a, he's a, a little bit different for Alabama fans, right? He does not have any kind of background in the SEC. He's not from the South. So I think in that regard, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a change for him. But the guy is, is a terrific football coach, and, and I would have to bet, you know, from what I've heard, that, that he was their number one target all along. John, uh, listen, Certainly getting the national championship game is, 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 is difficult, no matter where you coach and no matter how you get there. Give us your, your view of what separates DeBoer from so many other coaches. What, 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 what is he so good at? Well, the thing that really struck me was their, their passing game scheme was next level. I mean, they have got guys running all over the place wide open, you know, no matter at what point of the season, even you're deep in the season and the opponents have had plenty of time to watch you on film and prepare for everything you do, and they still had guys wide open, super creative with his scheme. Uh, you know, his team, the Huskies were mentally tough. They had a lot of close games. Uh, and he is just cool as could be on the sidelines. I mean, you know, fourth down calls, red zone calls, last last minute of the game, you never see him flustered. And I think that's obviously going to be a huge component. The You know, the, the mental challenge of stepping in for Nick Saban, 
is such that, you know, he, he, I think he's he's very well cut out for that piece of it, right? And that's that's the biggest piece is is not the coaching; it's dealing with replacing the greatest coach of all time and all the scrutiny that comes with it. And I I think he's cut out for that, you know, his personality. John, what what makes you think that? Because uh, this is an incredibly difficult job. There's there's no template for it, and 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 those who have tried to succeed legends have mostly failed. Yeah, and I'm sure that, that you know, that there were probably a bunch of candidates that didn't want to deal with that. But I, I think he does not, the way it was described to me was he, you know, he does not care what people think and is is going to be, you know, as immune to the scrutiny as probably you could get, uh, without, given the magnitude of, of what he's stepping into. Uh, I think the fact that he is not from the South, could end up working to his advantage in some ways. Uh, and I think he's going to, you know, a lot of it too, I think, Paul, in terms of his success, is going to be predicated on Alabama's NIL situation, right? And is he going to come in and is he going to be able to, you know, convince donors, hey, we got to step up our NIL game because, you know, there's no longer a, a saving discount where a player is willing to, you know, take take less money to play for Alabama than they could get elsewhere. And I, I think DeBoer is going to be able to do that, uh, but that's obviously going to be a, a key to his success. I ask you this because I, I've only been to one Washington game. It was an amazing experience. They were playing Oregon a number of year, about 10 years ago, and I was, I was extremely impressed. Uh, but I, I don't know, the, I don't know the, the landscape out there like, like you do in terms of scrutiny, in terms of what happens here every day. Uh, I know Seattle's got a lot of uh, talk radio, uh, good talk radio, but they also have the Seahawks, which are a big, big deal. Uh, what's it like to be the Washington head coach in terms of scrutiny? Yeah, no, it's not anything like what it's going to be in Alabama in terms of the fishbowl. Nothing like that. Uh, it's a pro market. Washington's a big deal up there, but it's a pro market. I, I'm sure that they he had a lot of conversations with Greg Byrne about dealing with the fishbowl and what the plan is for that. And we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, to me, Alabama, there was no perfect candidate, right? Everybody on their list had a shortcoming to one degree or another. And it ultimately became, you know, what is the least risky hire? What, what's the, who's the coach that has the best chance to succeed? And I think you can make a good case that it was DeBoer. John, uh, Ryan Grubb was offered the Alabama OC job a year ago. We know he didn't take it. I'm sure he doesn't regret it. Uh, will, he take, will he take it this year, or will he end up being the next coach in Seattle? I'm not sure what the Huskies' plans are. You know, it's so – everything is so new. I don't know if they plan to offer him the head coaching job. I know there's a lot of people up there that would like that because they want to keep the continuity from the DeBoer era, and Grubb is a very, very well-regarded play caller. But I also have to – I mean, De, Grubb has been with DeBoer. I think he was with him at, at uh, Sioux Falls and at Fresno uh, and now at Washington. So they've got a long history together. So I think that if Washington does not offer Grubb the job, I would be shocked if he doesn't follow DeBoer to Alabama. And those guys put together a phenomenal 
offensive attack, right? And they did it, and they were able to beat. You know, they were the board was five and zero the past two seasons against Texas and Oregon, and you can make a great case that those two teams had better players than Washington did, more talent, more blue chippers, and he was five and zero. And uh, I think that that I'm sure played a played a part in how Alabama went about, you know, uh, the search and prioritizing DeBoer. And John, how critical is Grubb to the overall coaching philosophy uh, in the event whether he get, that he would were to get the the, the UW job? Yeah, I mean, I think that that would certainly be a blow, but I also feel like. DeBoer, you know, it's his offense. Ultimately, it's his offense. Like, you know, and he learned from Jeff Tedford, uh, you know, who's been at Fresno State for a while, was at Cal, was Aaron Rodgers' coach. Uh, So the philosophy is is DeBoer's. Grubb is, you know, the day-to-day architect of the offense. So certainly if if Grubb does not follow him to Tuscaloosa, you know, he's going to have to make a, a smart hire with his with his, uh, his coordinator. And I don't know if Tommy Reese would be a candidate for that job or not. I, I just, I'm not privy to that. And which, which brings me, uh, if Grubb comes, it's understandable. If he doesn't, that's another conversation. But in terms of the actual play calling during the games, how does it work? Grubb is the play caller. I mean, DeBoer has the final say on, you know, fourth down, that kind of stuff, but but Grubb does the play calling. DeBoer is not uh, involved in that on a play-by-play basis. Great stuff, John. Really appreciate you coming on. We uh, we always enjoy our conversations. John Wilner, who is the sage of what used to be the Pac-12, knows all the insides, and now that was a very revealing conversation. We will take a short break, get more of your reaction. We have a number of other guests lined up. We have a big surprise in the final hour, a little bit off beat, but I think you'll enjoy going into the weekend with uh, our final guest this afternoon. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. To really talk about what is going on at Auburn, suddenly uh, Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge out, there's a lot more context to that story that we will hopefully get to a little bit later in the program. But uh, a year ago, everyone hoping, uh, pushing, Cadillac Williams to be the next head coach at Auburn. I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. We'll try to give you some uh, more details a little bit later on. Let's check out Howard, who is up next. Uh, Good afternoon, Howard. Uh, Paul, appreciate you uh, putting me on. Thank you. Um, And the subject I wanted to hear from you is, uh, it to me, it was obvious that uh, uh, the coach was upset with how football had, was going, what uh, the NCAA had done to the game. And uh, with that background, when did he inform the board or the AD that he was either thinking about retiring or was going to retire? I think that's a big story. Howard, my best guess, uh, based on information that I've, I've tried to ascertain, is that the conversation started a couple of weeks ago, as it usually does when the regular season and the championship game are over. Uh, I don't know what what uh, what exactly kicks in, but but I think the end of the season requires a review uh, of Coach Saban's contract, and I, I don't think Nick Saban made made the determination. But but I can tell you with an absolute certain degree of uh, authority that that those around that program, inside the program, sensed that there had been a change based on Coach Saban's demeanor, Coach Saban's conversations. And I, I had a person uh, that was on that staff tell me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not talking about a, a, a graduate assistant, I'm talking about a coach. One of his coaches on, on his coaching staff told me about four weeks ago that he thought it was 50-50 that he would come back, that he was worn out, frustrated with all the things that you've heard him talk about. So I, I'm pretty sure if I heard that, Greg Byrne heard it. Well, uh, I would hope that there were conversations much further back than uh, a couple of weeks. Well, but, but, but uh, let me interrupt. I, there may or may not have been, but but Greg Byrne is a really smart guy. He he can see the same thing a, a couple of other people uh, on that staff saw, and I'm sure he he was prepared for this day. I think he was. I've had people around college football be a, a little more critical. Uh, that he wasn't immediately ready to go, but uh, two days really isn't that long a period of time. It's pretty quick. Yeah, I, I would have thought uh, with uh, how uh, Saban was talking that uh, Byrne would have gone to him six months ago at least and said, look, uh, if you've got any thoughts about retiring, we need months of notice that you might be but Howard, thinking about Howard, I don't think I don't think Coach Saban was thinking about it six months ago. What, the reason why he 
the assistant told me what he did was the, the, the grind of the season. This was a tough season. This was, uh, no, no season's easy, but you know, not only was it, it, was it a challenge with what happened with Milrow, you had, you had two new coordinators, uh, you had an early loss, which was a shock to the system, you had countless close calls, and then you had the amazing run. So you, I mean, by the way, Byrne, I've had athletic directors tell me this. If it doesn't matter whether it's a coach's first year or 17th year, coaches are prepared, uh, ADs are prepared. They always have a list in theory in their right-hand drawer, but I've, uh, actually they do not have it where anybody could ever see it. They, they know they're constantly talking to agents. They're talking to search firms. Greg Byrne is a, is a, is a meticulous athletic director. Uh, he, Coach Saban may not have given him a long notice, but he was prepared for it. And he had a list. And, and I know a lot of people have made a big deal about Nick Saban giving him a list. I'm, I have no, no doubt that he, he, he was consulted. But this was essentially Greg Byrne's hire. Uh, and that's what we have right now. Thank you very much for the call. Todd is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. I hope you'll give me a few minutes and let me tell you what I think. Hey, I, want, I do want to appreciate the Saban family for what they've done for us. But I'm going to tell you this. He ain't God. And we paid him well for it. Thank him. And we'll always have a lot of respect for him. But at this hire that we just made, Paul, this could be the best thing. And, and, and Nick Saban will even say this out of his own mouth. If I'm coming to a place to coach... I want somebody to be that thinks they can be better than Saban. And Saban would say that out of his own breath. I tell my kids and grandkids, be better than I ever was or me and your mama ever was. Always be better. Try to strive to be better. But this hire, I think it's a great hire, Paul, because I think he'll be able to recruit out of the north and northwest in the middle of the United States. And he'll he'll first be of all, Todd, if, if, uh, recruiting is very specialized right now, but it's most important in the area that you live in. Uh, I, I right. Don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any 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 reason to think that uh, he better be able to recruit in South Alabama and Central Alabama and in North Alabama first. Jim is up next. Good afternoon. You know, you uh, you have some of the dumbest calls I've ever heard in my life. This man sounds like a smart guy to some degree, and yet he wants, he wants to demand that uh, Saban lets him know six months before he retires. That's the craziest. Hey, sir, he didn't want to tip anybody off the way he might be doing. That could ruin the whole – everybody would go to the portal. That would ruin everything, right, Paul? Why does uh, this man think that way? By the way, there's no way Nick Saban would know. Uh, that's yeah. right. That's right. And he did it right, Paul. Spur of the minute. Not, it, really, it really wasn't spur of the minute. But it was spur of the minute in regard to his decision, immediate decision, and he made that clear. Five minutes before, he didn't know one way or the other what he might do, and then he decided, i got to do this. And I, I think he did the right thing. I think we need to give this guy a good, a, a fair cr a chance, show him Southern hospitality, and fans need to be polite and make it that's, – that, that, that's a lot. And character has a lot to do – and character and the fans have a lot to do with the success of any football program or any other program. That makes me so mad. Anyway, that's all I got, Paul, but I appreciate it. Thank you. 100% uh, agree. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk to Dylan, who is up next. Uh, hello, Dylan. Good afternoon to you. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, 
I'm a, I'm a recent grad of the University of Alabama. I'm a law student in, Gain- in Gainesville at the University of Florida. Um, you know, I appreciate everything that Coach Saban did for Alabama. Um, you know, and I just I just hope that, you know, the fans of Alabama can give Coach DeBoer a chance, you know, let him let him find his own, you know, he won. Hey, you know, Dylan, uh, the fans can wait. He the first group he has to recruit his own team. You're right, Paul. He's got to uh, make sure we can keep those players from from going in the uh, going in the portal. And, you know, we've already got a couple players going in the portal and I hope we can get, you know, Isaiah Bond back out of the portal. Um, but I hope we can keep the team we have and I hope we can roll with Milrow because I think Milrow is an amazing QB and I think he has a potential in DeBoer's offense to be a Heisman contender. Thank you very, very much for your call. Uh, Jamal is up next. Good afternoon. Ah, how you doing, Paul? It's Jamal giving you a call from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Um, just wanted to say, uh, you know, as a Michigan Wolverine myself, I we really appreciated uh, the flowers you gave Harbaugh. That really warmed our heart. Thank and uh, as it pertains to uh, the departure of Nick Saban, I would like to ask you now: Is there? Do you believe with this departure of Nick Saban that this could possibly? Sway Coach Harbaugh's opinion of leaving for the NFL, you know, and seeing, you know, with the boy going to Alabama, possibly uh, a clear path to establishing the next dynasty at the University of Michigan. Jamal, I don't think it's going to phase Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I think he's gone for all the reasons you've heard people mention and. The idea of anybody having a dynasty right now in college football is, is, is it's hard to imagine. I mean, Kirby Smart you know, won two in a row. Saban did that. Uh, but it hasn't happened in about six or seven years other than Kirby. Uh, so it, I think Harbaugh's smart enough to get out while the getting is good. We'll take a short break. We have more to come, more reaction on the apparent hire of DeBoer at Alabama. Bruce Feldman knows uh, Coach very well. We'll get his opinion right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We welcome you back, and uh, with the news uh, imminent that Kalen DeBoer will be the next Alabama coach, we thought we would uh, talk to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, who has written extensively 
and covered uh, Kalen DeBoer uh, often. Uh, Bruce, thanks for coming back. We really uh, are curious uh, and eager to hear your insight on this almost official hire. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Paul. It's a crazy couple of days, right? So, t- so, uh, so give Alabama fans and fans of college football everywhere uh, your view of, of DeBoer. I think he's a brilliant coach. I mean, I've covered him the last couple of years. I mean, his career record is staggering. I mean, he won a bunch of national titles in the NAIA level and then moved up, and he was a good offensive coordinator at Indiana where nobody really knew who he was at that point because he had been such small school roots. Bounced to Fresno State, did well there. And then when Jimmy Lake really struggled and then went 4-8 and eight and they pulled the plug, he went in there, and he went 11-2 and two last year. And then obviously this year, that he got him to the, to the national title game. I think for people who don't you know, don't know anything about him and only know the name and probably wouldn't even recognize him if he walked in their, you know, in their grocery store, I would tell you this. Um, everybody who's been around him, and I would echo this, um, just comes away really impressed by he's very genuine, and he also um, – he's just got really good people skills and is able to relate to people. And there's a, there's a calmness about him. And so I, a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I started asking people who'd been around him, worked with him, coached against him. Um, what do you think it is that makes him such a great coach? Because again, his, his record is staggering and it started to get into his temperament and what he's like. And, to, to kind of see that and see what he did at Washington, I remember thinking, like, I could see him at a, you know, a bigger blue blood program than Washington. Um, I, you know, when he hired Jimmy Sexton, who's obviously not the, the most powerful agent in college football, a few months ago, somebody had said, you don't hire Jimmy Sexton unless you're going to make a big, big move someplace else. And that surprised me because I didn't think of Kalen as a guy who would be in the SEC. But, you know, credit to Greg Byrne that he landed him. I think this is, of all the guys I think he could have hired, if you said, who do I think is the best coach of all the ones who are, who are in play, I think Kalen DeBoer is the best coach. Now, he's the one with the least ties to Alabama and the least ties to the FCC. So, but whoever's going to walk in, you are, it's unlike any other situation because you have to replace the greatest coach in the history of college football. And that is different than any other SEC job or any other job. Yeah, I mean, some have referenced Brian Harson uh, a couple of years ago, and but Harson had a good reputation, but he was, or was he not more of a product uh, of that that Boise system uh, that that Peterson had, and and many others uh, had uh, had had enhanced, uh, and he didn't understand. And never did and never could quite adapt because COVID was going on and there were there were a lot of detractors. But in terms of those who worry a little bit about his recruiting ability, uh, take take that one, Bruce, and, and help us understand that adaptation. You know, I think you know people have made some. I've seen these comparisons just in the last twenty four hours about him, and you know, and, and Harson. You know, they're not very similar, to be honest. They don't come from the same coaching tree. They don't, um, you know, they don't, they don't have the same temperament. They don't, you know, they're both offensive guys at the core and they both come from, you know, small towns from far away. But that's the, I think that's kind of where the similarity ends. Um, 
uh, to me, and also Harson jumped into a really bad situation. They didn't want him there. It was like, as you know, the dynamic was all screwy from the moment he got there. I think here you have an AD who really wants you. I think you have people, you know, it's a tough situation, but I just think the dynamic is way different. Yeah, I mean, it is a tough situation. And by, by the way, I, you and I both are familiar with Alabama in wayward times, uh, but the, the last 17 years have have scraped a lot of that away, but it, it's been scraped away because of Nick Saban. So in terms of what he does from a coaching standpoint, everyone's already talking about Ryan Grubb. What do you, what do you know there? What do you believe? And how critical it is for him to go, which we think he will, but he, will he or will he not be a candidate for the head coaching job at UW? I think he will, would be a candidate there, no doubt. Um, you know, he's well-regarded. The parts that's tricky here, if you're Washington trying to replace Kalen DeBoer, is the last time you tried to have continuity, you know, it was just, just before Kalen DeBoer. They promoted a guy who was really well-regarded inside, Jimmy Lake, and it bombed. Now, that's not, a, that's not fair to Ryan Grubb, but I think that's one of the challenges with this. Um, you know, to circle back on your question, you know, a second ago, one of the guys I heard from about an hour ago who used to coach with, with Kalen DeBorn is coached in the SEC. He was like, I think he's going to be great. And he said, and I asked him, I said, how do you think he'll do recruiting? He goes, I think he'll be, I think he'll be really good because he will work at it. And he's the most authentic and genuine head coach who's going to be in the SEC. And I think people relate to that, you know? So um, again, it's a really, you know, it's an impossible task replacing Saban. You know, it just, it just is. And I think the, the conference is harder, and I'm sure everybody's looking their chops who went in there because they now know Saban's not there. Um, but, yeah, I think whether, you know, on, on the Ryan Grubb piece of this, I mean, Kalen DeBoer was the one who kind of mentored him, and I think they did really well together. If Ryan Grubb weren't to come with him, because you would stay on as the Washington head coach, I think the offense would, you know, he knows what he wants and what he's looking for offensively. So I think, I think that piece will be fine. You always hear a lot of coaches, Bruce, say, I have a, my only regret in leaving is I didn't have a chance to tell my team. You are now reporting as you're talking to us. I want you to uh, elaborate that Kaylin DeBoer has now told his football team he has gone heading to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I got a text, you know, right when we started talking. And sorry if I was typing while we were talking. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, now it's a, it's a go. And um, again, I think it's a little bit surreal for a lot of people there just because it's Alabama. But, you know, again, Greg Byrne told the, the Alabama team, give me 72 hours. I don't know what the hour count is. What is it, probably 54 or something? And uh, we're under, let's see, uh we're about 40, uh, 47 and a half right now. Yeah. I, and again, again, if he didn't get Kalen DeBoer, I don't know what this search looks like. But, you know, again, it's it's a heck of a hire. I mean, for anybody who knows him now, I would, you know, what's, what's going to be interesting to me, there was a story, like I said, I was alluding to the other day, and I talked to Chris Peterson, and Chris Peterson knows this situation probably better than I think anybody on the planet because – he knows Kalen DeBoer. He also knows he was the guy at Boise State and, you know, was rising star. And then he got to Washington and did well. But he also, you know, he said he changed and how he was. 
um, in terms of and how he approached things, maybe the way he coached, um, and the joy in the sport wasn't the same. And that is going to be a, an enormous challenge for Kalen going there, you know, because like, again, if anybody hasn't read the story, I would encourage you to just kind of hear Peterson's thoughts on it as he kind of walks you through what it's like when you go from being the gambling man who makes all these great calls in, in these crazy situations to now all of a sudden you may be hesitant because everybody's kind of crowding you and it's, it's kind of corrupting you a little bit. And so I, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Now I imagine Nick Saban's going to be a really good resource for Kalen um, through this and that will help. And again, he's going to have a ton of support because of, because of that university and how committed they are to be in the, stay in the best. So, um, you know, just a fascinating dynamic to me. Bruce Feldman, before you go, uh, there's no easy way to follow uh, Saban, and, and you and I have both seen quite a few try to enter that Alabama airspace and be successful, and quite frankly, almost all have failed. Uh, knowing what you do about Kalen DeBoer, try to give us some insight into, you, you've alluded to one thing, but it is, it, these are definitely more shark-infested waters than he was dealing with uh, in Seattle. Uh, what's the real challenge of, of, of all those things that have very little to do with actually with actual game, game day coaching? Yeah, I don't think he will bomb there by any stretch. Now, can he win a national title? I mean, the bar is incredibly high there. Um, and I think, the, I think he is wired to handle the pressure better than most of the guys who are in consideration for the job. But again, like I use this analogy with somebody who knows him well earlier today when we started talking about whether he's going to take the job or not. And it's this, like, I know we all like, if you hear that it's going to be like 10 below somewhere, you're like, you kind of know what you're getting into. You know, it's going to be freezing cold, but at the same time, once you're in the 10 below and you're there and you're not, you know, you're going to be in it for a while. I think your, your body kind of reacts to it differently. You know, it's like, how do you respond to being in something that you think, you know, but you really don't know until you're in the depths of it. You know, that's, I think, you know, so many of the challenges of it here, but again, the people who've been around him, think he is as well qualified for this challenge as, as you could get. It's just, you know, like, look, I don't think the cupboard is bare by any stretch what Saban left behind. And I think he will hire a good staff because I think he's a guy that people want, like and want to work for. Um, so, you know, going forward, I think he has a chance to, to do well, but it's just the bar is so incredibly high. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how, not only how he does, but what, how he is after a few years in the middle of a meat grinder like he's never seen before. Yeah, uh, listen, I don't need, uh, I mean, I think we're at the epicenter of it here in a way in terms of all the things that shouldn't ever matter but do begin to grind down, not only coaches, Bruce, but coaches' families. Yeah, I mean, think, Paul, like you, you, you brought up, you know, you're not the first person who's mentioned the Brian Harson comparison. And I was like, and I've told people just because I, I, you know, been around both, especially around Kalen. It was like, there's not, a, a, there's not a lot of comparisons, but on paper, 
I get why people who don't know them are equating the two, you know, and just because neither one has been in the SEC. I mean, it's different. Obviously, Nick Saban had never been in the SEC. I made this you know point before. Um, had never been in the SEC till LSU hired him. And Urban Meyer had never been in the SEC until Florida hired him. And those worked out. Those worked out great. I mean, they were probably a little easier to transition from the places they had been. Um, but again, you know, it's one thing, the SEC piece, I think the bigger piece is, is really just replacing the greatest coach of all time. I think to me, that's, that's a bigger mantle to carry than, Oh, we're going into this, this snake pit of recruiting and everything else. I think you, you surround yourself with good staff and, and Alabama is going to be able to help him do that. I think you can navigate those waters and the relationships are going to be the relationships. I think he can navigate that. It's just the, 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 Specter of you followed Nick Saban, man. That's that's a different animal altogether. Bruce, many thanks. Great, great analysis and great reporting as always. Bruce Feldman from the Athletic. Uh, DeBoer was a was a stunningly great receiver at Sioux Falls. He had uh, 234 catches and 33 touchdowns. He was an even better baseball player. <laughs> he he uh, his final year there, he he uh, had 37 home runs and hit 520. That's even better than Jim from Tuscaloosa in his final year with the Red Sox. We'll take a short break. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We've had a number of guests already on the hiring of DeBoer. How about Manny Navarro in the next hour from The Athletic? Uh, he did a deep dive in what recruits think of the coaches that are trying to get them. And how about this? For the first time ever, Mad Dog, Mad Dog joins our show. The Doggy. Can't wait to get the doggies. Not only analysis of the DeBoer hire, but his pronunciation of the new Alabama head coach. Larry is up next. Yeah, I just thank God he don't look like I man. That's the best thing I I've heard all day. Huh? That is that's the funniest thing I've heard. Yeah, I, I man a real trip. I've heard kids, five year old kids on YouTube funnier than him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know about the guy, but I didn't know about Nick Saban either. Oh, really? But I know you, you missed his uh, national championship at, at LSU. Yeah. I guess you did. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I don't think that uh, that guy, boy, I'm telling you what, he's bit off a lot to you, didn't he? Whew. 
I mean, he's going to have some pressure on him. His ass. He's, he's not a Yankee anyways. He's a Western. Well, he's from, uh, he's from, well, he's not a Yankee. You're right. He's from South Dakota, not North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, oh, boy. Like what do you think uh, about the guy, man? Like I don't you, know, uh, Paul. Like you know what I was North Carolina or South Carolina? Yeah, Randy's a Yankee, no doubt. Randy is a Yankee. Yeah, he's from North Carolina. That's North. The way I, that's the way I play him. I call him like I see him, Jack. Hey, what do you think about the By the way, I just checked the weather in uh, in South Dakota right now. It's uh, the mean temperature is minus 18 degrees. That's that's where this guy came from. Wow. Damn. You reckon that's, that's not even counting the wind chill. Any? Wind chill is about, uh, yeah, the high today up there is uh, is is minus 14. The low tonight is going to be minus 23. That's that's the mean temperature, not the wind chill. I just can't I understand, but I'm I don't think they, they, don't think they bother with wind chill up there, do they? I think it's below, it's below zero. It's cold enough. Well, the winds are uh, 20 yeah. or 30 miles an hour, so what would that be, wind chill? Yeah, oh, boy, below. that's like a guy. Well, he was a uh, place real cold. It was time to how cold it was. And he went and said, man. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. 